I swear to everybody, one day we're going to be super professional and this shit is going to work the way it's supposed to work the first time. For those who don't know, I got a freaking podcast mixer and finally it's giving me the issues of like, sometimes you got to stick with the old shit, but who cares, man? We got this shit to work. The point is, we was just talking about Ben Carlson being a clown who said that... Let me read this because y'all didn't hear the first good part. So let's go back because Ben said some ignorant shit. He says, my personal feelings is though, if the players want to come and say, we love our nation, we are patriots, we love our flag, we honor the memory of those who died to give us freedoms, but we're protesting some of the brutality that has occurred, and this is what we're doing, I think it has solved the problem. Now, your follow-up to that was, where has Ben been? Yeah, I mean, because that's that was the whole point of peaceful protest with, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, uh-huh. um, which I mean, to, to be honest, he he should he should he should have stayed either sitting down, or players should not have to come out doing the national anthem. I mean, Facts. The, the, it's your First Amendment right to be able to protest in this country peacefully. The fact that you have to placate someone, right? And and, and let's let's not pretend we don't know who someone is. It's, it's supremacy. The fact that you have to placate supremacy. For them to even acknowledge your grievance. And then for them to say, yeah, I still don't want to acknowledge your grievance. You know, and, and here we are, right? Here we are four years later. Like, mm-hmm. who did not see this coming? Bruh, we called it. Yeah, I mean, it, this is, this, it was obvious that you were going to run into, if, if, you, did, if you do not accept peaceful protests, mm-hmm. you're going to run into, at some point, mm-hmm. non-peaceful or less peaceful protests, which is why I tell everybody, I don't really care about the property damage. I don't. Nah. Do I want people to get hurt during protests? No, not, not really. But when it comes to property, it, it that really doesn't bother me because mm. when someone peacefully protested, right, when you had Black Lives Matter that was in the street, yeah. you had people posting on Facebook, you should run over them. When you had, you know, Colin Kaepernick, they would just send down mind of his own business. Yeah, he as literally I have done down. literally since high school. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mind his own business, you have someone that comes up and say, no, that's not enough. You need to kneel. And then when you kneel, then it's still, you know, a complaint. So, of course, you're going to get to the point that you're going to get a year's worth of racism. Okay. In three weeks. Okay. Right? You get Aubrey, Brianna, uh, Amy Cooper, you know, calling the cops on a man that's mm-hmm. bird watching. And then you Bruh. have George, George Floyd. Like, literally, yeah. the three-month period, we're exhausted. Well, they want you to march like Martin Luther King. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't because Dr. King was voted the most hated man in America. So, so you got two things that's going on. For one, let let's stop pretending that that you got to make people comfortable. <laughs> that someone is going to be uncomfortable. I think you said this, you know, last Absolutely. week. Like that's the whole idea of a protest, right? If if you don't hear me, right? Like it's almost it's, it's like when you when we was young. And we had, like, you know, these relationships or you had, you know, your best friend, you know, y'all get in a fight and they hang up on you. What, what do you do? You try to call back, right? You try to. And they don't pick up the phone. What they, do you do? You go over there. You knock on the damn door. Why aren't you Why aren't you addressing my grievance? So I don't understand why in protest it's, it's pretended that people don't understand the grievance. They get the grievance. Well, why do we, and it ain't we, but why does this country has this thing where they give you all the people you should protest like like they didn't whoop their ass and ruin their lives either. Exactly. Like Dr. King wasn't voted the most hated man in America. 
Matter of fact, he was so hated, they killed him. Yeah. You know, like, it's like that part never happened. It's like as if Dr. King is still here. Like he died a natural death. Yeah, like, no, you murdered him. So you know, I, I, you, you, you're never going to get me to be like, oh, my God, y'all, let's not, you know, go out and protest in the streets. And second thing is, agents are the ones setting this shit on fire. Over mm. and over, you keep seeing multiple videos yeah. where it's not a person of color. Burning down the shit. Absolutely. And knocking out. So we already know what's going what, on. What's really going on. Um, I want to welcome y'all to the podcast. We came here to podcast today. We got some shit to talk. Sorry to mama if she listening. To Mike's mom if she listens to this. Sorry about the cuss words that tends to fly in all these podcasts. But you know what was gonna happen when you push play. So <laughs> we still love you. Um, welcome y'all to the Business Stir Fry Podcast. I am your co-host, Gavin B. A.K.A. Coke, A.K.A. whatever you want to call me. The main guy who runs this show, who tells me what we're doing, um, who keeps me in line, is none other than Mike. Um, to the podcast, all the players, followers. There we go. He supposed to say this every podcast. Um, what else you supposed to say every podcast? I have no idea. See? I was going <laughs> to give him hand claps. Can't even give him the hand claps. But we need y'all to do something for us. Run over to Anchor. Make sure you go listen through. This is the off season, um, But the off season is just... It's a good time. Yeah, it, it's, it's been much better. Probably going to be the format. So we have season one. This is season two. Yeah. Um, go through and see which one you like best. The and let us know. Information is tight. Uh, we, we've been nailing the stock market. Yeah. Like absolutely well, nailing. I think last week you even wrote me. You sent me an article and was like, didn't I just say this? And yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so. Go through on the offseason. Who's not in the offseason is these NBA players. I really think they complain about going to Orlando because they know they side chicks won't be able to come down there. <laughs> I, side chicks probably definitely have a role to play in it. Uh, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't understand the, the complaint. I, I don't. I mean, I'm try, I, I tried to, like, read through it and see. Yeah. Like, what is it? like? I mean, for one, it's, it's an abbreviated season. So even if yeah. you hate the bubble, like, you, you're going to get through it. You're going to be there what two three months yeah and, and the second thing is I, what, what i don't think a lot of these guys understand which the guys in nascar get <laughs> is that <laughs> there's nothing on right now nothing. you should be running trying to be the first sport to get back on tv because whatever your ratings are this year yeah they're going to be even better next year because you you have an opportunity to go out and capture fans Absolutely. That would have never watched your sport under any other circumstances. Well, my thing is, if you're the NBA, you got to hurry up before the NFL get here. You got to. Everybody got to hurry up before the NFL gets here. Yeah, because it's it's over after it's that. It's over after that. Like, if, if y'all are barely, if, if, the, if, if baseball is terrible, if basketball is terrible, and the, and the NFL season kicks off, nobody's watching. Nobody. Nobody's going to be watching your sport. So, yeah. you guys, I mean, you should have started last week. Yeah. Uh, but I get the baseball players. And the baseball players, I, I understand. So, you know, we do talk about you know, collective bargaining and mm-hmm. millions. And, you know, the, the uh, baseball owners are saying that they're going to take losses this year if they open up because, you know, they can't get that instant yeah. revenue. I, I didn't know that these people were making two and $400 million yeah. off of concessions and, and ticket Bro. sales. That, I mean, that's a whole business. That's crazy. <laughs> it's disgusting when you start thinking about, like, how much money – Hot dogs go for. Yes, that I didn't know they was raking like Bro, that. Bro, you so, have tens of thousands of people in our audience. If everybody gets one hot dog, and yeah. you got how many games this season? Dude, that, that's crazy. 182, I, something Mad, like that? Mad, Mad, <laughs> Mad had me screwed up when I was playing those franchise modes. Hey. I had my prices high enough. Bro, <laughs> oh my gosh. These kids, I don't even know. I haven't played Madden in years, probably a decade. But 
when you used to could like create your team and do the concessions, bro, you had to make your hot dogs like five or six, seven dollars. Yeah. But sometimes you was just like, I don't care. Let me just get to my franchise they, mode. I don't care about the hot dogs and yeah, the sodas. They, yeah, they, they, they were they were killing it. But uh, MLB leaders is doing what, what business owners typically do. They want to privatize the game, socialize the losses. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get uh, Major League <laughs> Baseball players to take less money. So they don't. So they will break even this year, and I I don't blame the baseball players. The whole point of us negotiating this collective bargaining deal was to cover shit like this. Absolutely. Like like it's not to just cover the good times. Like insurance on your car is not for the good times. It's not for the day that it's it's you don't get an accident. Yeah, it's for the it's for the accident. That's what insurance is for. So I don't feel bad for these um MLB owners. You know the play the players should absolutely hold their ground. But um, baseball, y'all evidently forgot that first strike season. No one cared until y'all brought steroids into baseball. So absolutely, and know, nobody has cared since. Yeah, so if we've been honest, if you guys bring, if you guys don't play, uh, and, and the NBA gets there, they're going to take your fans. So all these, all these sports leagues really got to try to decide, like how one, how we're going to beat off, you know, this this gorilla, you know, yeah, of the NFL for one, and two, you got the elephant in the room, which is still COVID, which is. Hey, guys, still here. I know America decided that nah. it was over and it was done. Well, racism decided COVID <laughs> is over. So racism, let's say racism <laughs> is performing at halftime. Yeah. COVID is at halftime. Racism is performing. Hey, so, it's happening. Yeah, guys. Uh, COVID is still here. So, you know, please keep washing your hand, wearing your mask, um, taking care please. of yourselves, and keeping your social circles small. For those who don't know, we do have hand sanitizer in the podcast room. Yeah, we're in and out of this. Mike ain't finna get, Mike ain't finna get sick on my behalf. He actually has a kid, and... I got to watch out for that. Man, I got a wife. I have like four bottles of, four cans of Lysol as soon as you walk in. Bro. The crazy thing about it is my son was sick about a month prior to COVID actually mm. breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, persistent dry cough. I mean, yeah. you know, fever spiked through the roof only a, a few days. And it, uh, he was told it was an upper respiratory yeah. know, infection. But who who knows, you know, who at knows? this point. But yeah, guys, I mean, stay, you know, stay safe out there. COVID is still here. That's, well, you that's know, PSA. it's still some people out there that don't believe it's real. Yeah, just keep on living. <laughs> that's what my grandma would say. Keep on living, don't die young. <laughs> <laughs> people really believe COVID ain't happening. Um, Back to racism, who was performing at halftime. Trump said uh, he going to reschedule this Tulsa uh, rally. Yeah, you know, for one, uh, fuck Stephen Miller. Because oh. Donald Trump, I, I, I seriously doubt Donald Trump knows where Tulsa is, much less the significance of June 19th. Well, let's speak to it. But you know who do know that? <laughs> Stephen Miller. All right, Stephen Miller does know that. And fuck Stephen Miller for trying to, you know, to, to raise such such an intelligent bullhorn for their base. Like, their base have no idea the significance of Tulsa. Amer- uh, America in general doesn't understand the significance <laughs> of Tulsa. When they put Watchmen on HBO, bro, people thought that was fiction. People were like, why would you make up such a story that people, that they bomb? <laughs> and, 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 and half of black Americans like, you got to be kidding me. Like, they really think that this is it's not something that actually happened. Bro, like, let's get this straight. You're going to go to Tulsa where hundreds of blacks were murdered, right? On, 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 the 19th. on June on the 19th. 19th. You're yeah. going on Juneteenth and you got, I, I can't say the most racist president ever because. Believe it or not, America, we had presidents that had slaves, so let's not even go that route. Yeah. But, you know, 
he's up there in the last couple of decades, you know, one of the most racist guys up there and he really is going to have a rally. And I want to know who was, it was like, Hey, people are kind of upset. I think we should reschedule this one. And he, I guarantee when they told Trump that he was like, why? Exactly. exactly. Why? But What's Stephen wrong? Miller knew, and, and we and we know, and we know where this racist bullshit comes from. <laughs> so let let's you know, and again, Amy Cooper has revealed everybody. I'm sorry, no no one gets let off the hook anymore. A- Amy Cooper, who is not a conservative, who was is not a far right individual, uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely showed you that she was aware of what she was doing. So yeah, no one gets to play the fool anymore. You just don't. It, don't don't come to me and pretend that you don't know what you're doing. You absolutely know what you're doing. Absolutely. Um. You said this probably a year ago. Um, you said, hey, when malls and stores in the malls start closing, the recession pretty much is like, we there. Yeah, you, yeah you, you're there. Um, and in our Facebook group, we it seems like you've been on a rampage letting us know that all these places are closing in the malls. Whether it's clothing stores, whether it's freaking children's place, whose stuff is so overpriced in the first place, but that's a whole nother subject. Um, Closing down, we see in Hertz, which was deemed as an essential business when COVID first started. So they're actually their stock and everything with their company, the numbers was going up, but just to see them file for bankruptcy and we don't even have to get into the dirty game of that, but we're seeing like, what is this, Tuesday morning, which it's more or less like a furniture store. They have a bunch of knickknacks up in there. We send a lot of places like closed down. What does that say to you besides the obvious fact that this recession? Well, I mean, we, again, this is, this is kind of obvious. You it wasn't obvious, but if you was, if you was a little bit red, it was, it was going to be decently obvious. Mm. Um, the market is up today. I mean, we're recording this on, what's the date of 16th. Yeah, something like that. Who and, knows? Anymore? And it was because they, was, they were saying that retail sales jumped by 17.7% and the market went up. And this is, it, it, it's such a head scratcher because <laughs> the market is going up because retail sales are up. But we obviously Absolutely. know that stores are shutting down. Right. Absolutely. So that means that all the retail that is going up. They talking about closing Victoria's Secret. I don't know what these girls going to yeah. do anymore. So, uh, well, they got Fashion Nova. True. Yeah. Which we got to speak about companies being opportunists, but go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. So, so retail, the reason why retail is up is because no one is going out. Mm. Everyone is shopping online. Mm-hmm. Like I can almost guarantee you that FedEx and UPS probably shipping more than they've shipped. Absolutely. Year over year ever. Absolutely. So, so this idea that it's like, this is marking a, a healthy economy. It's not. It's bullshit. But the good news is, though, don't really mind it. It's because we, we do need the market to go back up because it is this, we are going to have a stock market crash. Okay. You know, and we've been talking about, you know, a flash crash, which did happen. Yeah. Down down 19,000. I said <laughs> it was going to, market's going to go back up and it's going to go back up to 27 to, and again, I give the Dow numbers, which are only three companies, 30 companies. Yeah. Instead of the S&P 500 because it's just what more people are familiar with. But I, I believe that we're going to set a new all-time high, uh, and and I and I've been saying that we're never going to hit Dow thirty thousand. You've been saying I've been that. saying that since since last year. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> let me change it. I Uh-oh. think we might touch it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we gotta stop this music it. right quick. Yeah. Hold on, Mike. Just. <laughs> I think we might touch it, and and the, th- and the reason why I think we might touch <laughs> it is because that might be the catalyst for the crash. Okay. Okay. That might be the catalyst, but um, the crash is coming. It's coming. It is absolutely 100% coming. Mm. Um, 
you touched on a little bit, so we might as well just do it right quick. It's a lot of companies out here that's playing opportunists. And they using what's going on in the world right now to boost their morale. But then the safe face, um, I was telling you how some companies, well, we was talking about how some companies now, right, are making Juneteenth yeah. a paid holiday, right? But then, you know, I was looking up, and because I'm hearing about all these companies and they're doing all these, their stuff for black, uh, you know, giving back to black communities. Michael Jordan's giving $100 million, right? Um, we got who else was it giving uh the NFL giving two hundred and fifty million dollars, which ain't nothing for these owners. How many teams we got in the NFL? Thirty two? Thirty two. So we asking each owner to give less than ten million dollars. Clearly, I don't I don't even know the math. You the math person out of all of us. What's that like seven? Well, I, but it's not even something that I honestly I'm really paying attention to because again, you had four years to do this, right? Like, mm. if you wanted to be impressive, you could not vote for a supremacist okay. president. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I like you, that. You, you could have, you could <laughs> have, you know, endorse peaceful protest mm-hmm. by athletes, right? You, you yeah. wouldn't have said shut up and dribble. So anything that you do now, don't get me started on her. I, I'm pretty much like, yeah, whatever, right? Like, like because right now this is this is a uh, this is performance. Right? Mm. Like, this isn't. This isn't real life. This is acting. So when people fall into their performance roles and they begin acting, I can enjoy acting. I can okay. enjoy a good performance. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, I know that you know I, I know that uh, Denzel Washington is not actually you know the equalizer, right? Like I, well, I, I know that John. Jo, I believe that. I believe John Wick is not a real person. I thought that was so. Real. I can enjoy performing, <laughs> you know, performative arts, and that's what these companies are doing. That's what everyone everyone's saying the right thing now. But you, this is the thing. And and a, a really good friend of mine, she got so upset at me because she she was doing the right thing, right? Like she mm-hmm. sees everything that I'm saying. She and she's not black. Mm-hmm. And when she comes to me, and I'm just like, all right. And she was just like, but you don't really seem like you're a supporter. I'm like, mm. I I I have not said anything this week that mm. I have not been saying since the birth of my son. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I have, I'm not saying there's nothing different. So here we are now, damn near seven years later. Yeah. And people want a pat on the back for doing the right thing. The I'm right sorry, thing. you don't get a pat on the back for doing the right fucking thing. How about you just do the right fucking thing? Yeah. And then we can get pats on the back for people that go above and beyond. Mm. But for just doing the right thing, man, fuck out of here. Hey man, you clocked in. That's how I look at it. You clocked in at work. Yeah, exactly. basically. <laughs> you, did, you, did, you did what you're supposed to do. So my thing is, you know. I was talking to my wife and I said, you know, Michael Jordan giving away a hundred million dollars over 10 years. Okay. $10 million a year. I'm thinking to myself, where is this money actually going to? We see a lot of companies saying, yo, we're giving back to the urban communities or, you know, black and brown, small businesses, whatever the case may be. Where are you guys actually giving this money to? Well, and that's the thing, right? So most, most charities aren't ran at a loss. Most charities, you know, they, mm-hmm. they run them at a break even, which means that all salaries, wages, everything comes out of your donated money. Yeah. So the money they end up going to the cause, and in many cases, you know, if you're, a, a, I think a good charity, yeah, it's like thirty percent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a good charity, right? Like most charities aren't running themselves on a on a budget of fifteen percent of what we pull in is going to be salaries, and eighty five percent is going to go towards the actual cause. Mm. So. 
again, when they're when they're donating this money, it's the same thing that I, that I always say with reparations, right? Yeah. If you actually wanted to pay reparations in this country, don't start with a check, because absolutely the moment you not. Send a check out that money going right into the bank. Well, we're gonna speak on for, for, for eighteen minutes, a- right? <laughs> <laughs> Before it leaves the bank to go to Amazon to go to car dealerships. That was getting you a know car. what I'm saying? Like it, that, so that money again it ends right back up at the one percent. It's like when the government cut us that twelve hundred dollar check. That twelve hundred dollar check, it wasn't to help you. That twelve hundred dollar no. check was to help all the businesses of Absolutely. America. That's who that check was for. So this Absolutely. idea that, again, it's performance art. So you, I can enjoy performance art mm. when it's well done, but don't ask me to don't ask me to compare, you know, um, Jesus Shuttlesworth, yeah. to Kobe Bryant, <laughs> right? Like, don't ask me to do that. Like, that's not real. <laughs> Absolutely, and you know, um, especially to. Black folks, we got to keep our foot on their necks and, you know, demand, expect, you know, our expectations. We got to demand change and look at certain things. Um, one thing, black folks, y'all getting on my nerves with, and I'm going to speak to my black photographers for just a couple of seconds. For those who don't know, I am a photographer. I'm based out of Charlotte. I travel around. And there's a new challenge called the Vogue Challenge. Um, the lady who's over Vogue, known as Anna Wintour, She's been over Vogue for over 30 years. She also is over the travel magazine, Condé Nast, and she's a big, big, big deal. A big, in so much that, um, she, if you, you probably have seen her, but don't know her. She's a white lady. She has like, she has these bangs. She's at every fashion show. She has these bangs and she has like the little cat hair to sit on the side of her head, but she always wear these huge Chanel frames shades everywhere she goes like it's rare to see her eyes the thing is she sent out an email to her company last week apologizing for basically having a white workplace not elevating blacks not using blacks not having black editors and chiefs and in that and i swear to y'all this lady got the best pr team they did a thing where they said oh let's start a challenge that i don't think people know when 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 shit isn't working for you in this country you have to get social media involved because it buries your story so far down the rabbit hole in Google searches and everything else that nobody can find it. So her PR team gets on this and say, hey, let's start the vote challenge. Well, we in, we encourage black and LGBTQ um, covers and we're going to use this challenge. And it has pretty much buried her email. Her And let me put like this, black folks. We could have did a whole nother magazine. We could have did Essence. We could have did Ebony. We could have did Jet. It's so many other magazines we could have do, but we fell for this trick. And then here's the thing about this. She has literally showed us for like 30 years that she does not care about black people. Well, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's comfort. You know, it, Yeah. I, sometimes I, I don't think that the racism is blatant. Yeah. But I think that we also have decided that if it's not blatant, that it's harmless. And uh, it's not. Absolutely. We've it, gotten it, to that it, point. It is, it is not harmless. Um, complicit racism costs just as much. And, and, here, and here's part two of the problem, which was the topic of today's podcast. Let's get to it. Let's it, talk about it. It is the, the true cost of racism. Mm. Because we believe that racism is something that just happens to people who are not white. Mm. Not understanding that racism costs white people way more than it costs black people. Mm. It's more spectacular. When black when a black person experienced racism, mm-hmm. but at, but when you look at racism and how it affects you know white people, the suffrage movement happened in what 1910, 1913. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, w- 
white women still couldn't go to college. They nah. still could not become professors, business owners, business leaders. That took the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Civil Rights Act of 1968. Absolutely. Which is, which is where Title IX was birthed. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, so and, and we think that, oh, well, okay, well, maybe, you know, racism does have a good bit of, you know, misogyny in it. So it affects white women. So white men tend to think, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm kept away from it. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if your mom, you know, was a school teacher because she went to a four-year college, Anywhere between the sixties and seventies. Yeah. And that, you know, her being a school teacher is what gave you know, helped get you your good grades and get and put you into really good schools. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? While your dad was actually losing his factory job yeah. during the seventies and eighties. But you know, but luckily mom was a principal, right? Mm-hmm. Because because of the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty eight and Title Nine that enabled her to go get a college degree and to be able to get into these schools and, and these schools were able to see you know, women in leadership positions because, but believe me, it was way easier to hire a white woman in 1970 to be an assistant principal than it was to hire a black man in a lot of these schools. Absolutely. So, so again, the not understanding the true cost of racism, you know, the, the, the oppression of blacks in this country was something that affected everybody. Yeah. We, we all were participants in the failing. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Rockefeller <laughs> isn't, you know what I'm saying? He's not affected. <laughs> But everybody else is, and that's the problem is that we don't understand that racism have a true cause. I used to work for this major company that has a that has a huge problem. I'm not going to name them on, on air, yeah. but they have a huge problem of race in their company. Sure, there's black people that are elevated in their company, but I give you I give you an example. I give you two examples. Okay, in the hit working in this company, <laughs> and I got three. <laughs> one of I, one I finally had to report them to the e, the EEOC, <laughs> but the first two. Uh, <laughs> there was a role. I was the number two sales rep in the division. And this mm-hmm. is after I had worked for my own company. My business had imploded, had a kid on the way, so I had to go get a new job. Yeah. Came in. I was the number th- number two sales rep in the division for this company. There was a strategic role that came open. I was sent an email tell- saying that my qualifications did not match up for the job. Mind you, mm. college educated, certifications. I was actually in grad school working on my MBA. Yeah. So that was the email that, that I received. The person that got that that actually got the interview and the job <laughs> was actually somebody. It, it was it was a it was a female that was mm-hmm. not a person of color without a college degree that was actually failing in her division in sales. She lasted in that role for six months. Mm. That whole that whole division, probably because of these hiring practices, actually ended up being like absolved. Mm. You know, with the company because the company I worked for got bought out by another company. And then, fast forward, the company that bought my company out, because on LinkedIn, I, ne- I would never have my current job on yeah. LinkedIn. Whatsoever. Nah. I say way too much radical shit. Yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> do it. For someone to be able to locate my job. The, a lady from the company that was buying the company I was with sent me a recruitment email mm. to recruit me for the position. I applied for the position internally, was again told that I was not qualified for the position. Mind you, I was recruited <laughs> from my LinkedIn profile Ridiculous. for the job. So with supremacy, right? So I, I say that because right now we're thinking that, oh, Mike is complaining about, you know, how Mike, white supremacy affects absolutely. him. Absolutely. Actually, no. Mike normally works for himself. Absolutely. What I I'm telling you is <laughs> a company hires unqualified and underqualified people. Mm-hmm. That costs you money. Mm. Obviously, I could come in 
and run somebody's company and run somebody's division. I brand my own. I'm starting my. I'm starting two right now. Absolutely. The idea. The idea that that there will be companies that will be able to look at myself and be like, that dude worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> that is what supremacy. It, it costs you money to be fucking racist. I'm not even talking about when you get caught. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about when you think you enjoy racism. It is costing you money because Absolutely. you're putting people in position to make decisions that they're not capable of making. Another good example, our fucking country. <laughs> right now, we, we're dealing with a stock market crash, 20% unemployment. Matter of fact, your GDP is going to be lower this quarter than what it was at the worst level in 2008. Let's make a note at minute 28 what Mike just said. Yeah, your GDP is going to be worse this quarter than the worst quarter in 2008. You, you get rid of a pandemic team and you run across a pandemic that won't stop spread. This is what happens with racism is that you put people who are not qualified in positions where they should be making good decisions and mm-hmm. they're making mediocre decisions, if mm. not bad decisions. Terrible. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Did you, did you post it or who posted it? Uh, in our group chat talking about reparations and uh what it would cost to fix racism or whatever. It was on Fox News. Did you ever see that? Yeah, well Bob Johnson uh well, he basically <laughs> just repeated what the UN put out about four or five years ago. So it wasn't for, for I saw every, I saw everybody was just reading it and I you know, I guess this is what happens when people don't read NPR yep. <laughs> is that, you know, if it shows up on a popular blog, it becomes news. It's not news to me. Uh Four, Fourteen trillion is was what the UN came up with. You know, it might be even a decade ago, mm-hmm. and that's why I always tell people if, if you want to actually discuss what reparation would cost, it, it starts with a T. And, and, yeah, and, and and at minimum, it should be four trillion or higher. Yeah, but the idea of of reparations, you're never really going to get reparations in this in this country. Nah, it's, it's not going to happen. It, you not. know how people, you know how they give it up. Um, shout outs. This is about to be funny. Sorry, y'all. If y'all heard that, my wife called for what? Who knows? Probably want to bring me lunch. Let's hope. Um, Mike, B. Simone. She is a influencer slash who who the hell knows. Um, She works for Nick Cannon. She used to do stuff on Wild and Out. Now she just, you know, she said that she cannot. Let me read what she said to Nick Cannon. Because they were talking about men she could date. Yeah. He, um, so she goes, he can't have a nine to five. He can be a hustling entrepreneur. So Nick Cannon responded with, so you want CEO status? She said, yes. He can't be clocking in and clocking out. No, I think entrepreneurs should date entrepreneurs. You're not going to understand my lifestyle. You're not going to understand why I'm up at 3 a.m. He has to be an entrepreneur or moving in that direction. Now, what is your take on that? Basically saying she can't date 9 to 5 Yeah, I mean, that, that that's... That was the line, you know, she can't date nine to fivers. Uh, you know, on one hand, I see what she's saying. Uh, on the second hand, we, people got to realize you, you have to stay humble. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> for one, I, I barely know who B. Simone is. I did I did look up a story last week. And I see what she's saying. You know, it, two entrepreneurs definitely would have an easier life together. Um, but somebody's business got to be making money. Let's 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 thank you. Let's not forget entrepreneurship. <laughs> Normally, you're not making money for a long time. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Bruh. as long as both people are making money, yes, you should marry an entrepreneur. But more than likely, somebody's gonna have to have a day job. Absolutely, if not, both of you are gonna have to have these a day bills. Got to get paid. Bills got to get paid. Um, not really. So I'm not really upset with what B. Simone said. Now I will tell you that something that I'm adamant on 
Okay. I love when Mike said this. Let me make men, a mark at 31. Yeah, <laughs> men really needs to stop dating um, underqualified women. Uh-oh. You know, like oh, this pod, we podding today. All right, I see how we giving <laughs> that, it up. That, 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 is, that is a huge thing. So we, so if a woman says something like this, it shouldn't offend you. You don't have to disparage a woman. You don't have to say anything bad about her. You can really just look at that and just be like, all right, that's not for me. Mm. And you have to kind of leave those type of women alone, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Because in her mind, she's thinking of how well she's doing, and she's mm-hmm. forgotten her struggle. Mm. And you really don't want to date someone that do not understand the struggle of entrepreneurship. Mm. Like, it's a reason why when, when shit's going good, mm-hmm. that entrepreneurs are just chilling away from everybody. Like, yeah. Because everybody thinks that, oh, man, you're overnight success. They don't no. understand how many failures you've had along the way, how many losses you've had along the way. So I get what she's saying, but she she was way, way, way too, um, too forgetful of her own humble beginnings. Well, we sh- well... Well, it's funny how how God works because B Simone drops a book. Clearly, this interview was for a. She was on her press run for her new book, and she comes out with um, a book, and the reviews on it automatically are eh, because people's posting about how cheap the book was made. It took nothing but forty eight hours for it to come out <laughs> that the whole book was plagiarized, and I don't know what it is. I find it funny because um, it, you can get humbled real quick out here. Yeah, definitely. And you, and you can make and you can make yourself a target. So absolutely, don't don't make yourself a target. Like don't just don't. Well, you know what happens is sometimes people forget that their audience is the people they're talking about. Yeah, like you can't have the people that have made you as famous as you are, no matter what level of fame that you're on or no matter what level of success, you still depend on those people. And if you are dependent on them, you can't clown them and say, hey, I could not date somebody like you. Because let's put it like this. What she said, I can get what she was saying, but you saying that, yo, he ain't going to. Somebody with a nine to five will understand why you up at three yeah, in the morning I mean, working. And, and appreciate it, actually. Like that, Absolutely. That, I mean, so, I mean that's, that, that is the, that is the, it, it was, it was bad for her and. You know, be humble, man. Always stay humble. Hey, look, and that, look, look, that was something I struggled with. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I had to learn to be humble. Life got me. And hey, it will get you too. But we I'm here. not special. Hey, so before we get out of here, we got a couple of things we gotta run through. Uh Gonda said African Americans can come to um come home for a little bit. I'm, while... I'm, I'm checking out Ghana next year. I'm trying to decide <laughs> between a West African um leg and a East African leg, but Ghana's definitely on the list. Okay. Um, after that, what, let me ask you this. I keep seeing this around and people keep talking about defunding the police. What exactly? I think a lot of us was amazed at how much money these police. Gosh, man. Yeah. I saw the Charlotte budget. So Charlotte city budget or county budget might be Mecklenburg County. It's like damn near a billion dollars. It's pretty. Yeah. Can you imagine LA or New York? Yeah. Yeah. Probably 10 times. (laughs) And, and the police department was like 46% of that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind. Okay, two things. One, Democrats, per usual, are shit, shitty at messaging. They need to hire a Republican to come up with their messages because they defund the police. That <laughs> that just sounds stupid, right? It sounds terrible, Like, the only thing actually. you really had to say is just, you know, we're going to... I don't know. Anything else besides defunding Budget the cut police. sounds a little bit better than defunding the police. Yeah, I mean, you could have just said, you know, we're going to, you know, Invigorate the police. We're gonna redo the yeah. Redo it like 
And which, which I have seen some cities are saying like, yeah, they're about to rehire the whole police force. And they should. Because if you are terrified mm. of your job, you don't need that job. Firemen don't get to be afraid of fires. You know, Absolutely. EMT people don't be, you know, do not get to be afraid of blood. Policemen cannot be afraid of policing. Bro, we went to, um, we went out to eat for my sister's birthday. So in the car, I, I decided to pick up my sister. I have, I have my wife, my seven-year-old nephew, and my sister. We got pulled over because we're in Rena's car and her tail light just went out, right? Yeah. And boy, I'm 31. The police officer who pulled me over looked a clean 2021. 20, and you know, with no facial hair, he yeah. looked he looked almost 19. When I say he was trembling when he walked to the car, bro, and it was he said where are you going and i was literally i pulled into the restaurant that i was going to and i was like i'm going right here and he said dog i'm so sorry and he was shaking and you know it was weird being in the car where my sister i'm watching her she's pulling out her phone because she's just like and well, as soon as we sat down she was just like yo he looked so scared i didn't know what he was gonna do um and bro he was shaking and it was the first time a police officer said that i wasn't surprised i'm not shocked i wouldn't be surprised if more police officers doing it he said, can you please just keep your hands on the steering wheel and do not move them the whole time I go back to my car? <laughs> and I was like, you got it, bro. But he looked so scared. And the only thing I can think of is, like, you should not be scared to be a police officer. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you shouldn't. And to be honest, we don't, we, don't, we don't need as many cops as we currently have. I mean, absolutely we, not. we really, really don't. I, I always tell people, that anybody who's afraid of this idea of defunding the police, I always ask them, when the last time you called the cops? Exactly. I most don't know. people, most people have not called a cop. And then when I actually people like, you know, like uh, one of my really good friends, she was like, "Oh, you know, I had we had a neighbor. There was a home invasion, and someone tried to take his daughter." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "So, did his, did his daughter get taken?" She she was like, "No." I was like, "Well, why not?" She was like, "Because she fought him off." I said, "So, did the police get there and catch the guy?" She was like, "No." I was like, "So, what did the police do?" It sounds like the girl saved her fucking self. Which Bro. and that's always the case. Always, that's always the case. You, you you are more likely to save yourself. We we really have too many laws in the book. I everybody should get stand your ground. You want to stamp out racism? Bro, give black people stand your ground laws. <laughs> racism will be done. Eighteen hey. months. Bro, <laughs> you won't the, even have it anymore. The fact that you can like we've all been there where you see somebody they be like oh I think I'm gonna join the force. And like six months later, bro, they they patrol in the streets. You can literally just sign up. I think there's a sign up list at like the YMCA or something to be a police officer because it's I, so I, easy. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not I'm not gonna bash the cops, right? Like I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash someone, you know, for that job. Same same way I don't bash people that want to become pastors. Um, but I will say there's a similarity oh, I see shit. between yeah, buddy. pastors and police You're officers. Touching on something is that it's always a Plan B job. Absolutely. It's, it's never a plan A job. I rarely see somebody grow up their whole life and they wanted to be a preacher or their whole life and they want to be a cop. It's tough. So I'm just I'm just saying. Um if you got time, make sure you go check out Dave Chappelle's special. Very interesting. Is um just hearing him. You know, one thing that stuck out to me was um dog, who was it? I'm I'm I don't want to screw up the person name, but one of the officers who was involved in killing civilian actually pulled Dave Chappelle yeah, over the day before. The one the one in um uh Ohio, the one that I believe the one that that shot Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Was actually pulled Dave Chappelle over the day before. Yep. 
And he said the officer made a joke, just pulled him over. was like, I'm not giving you a ticket, Dave Chappelle, whatever. And then the next day he kills Carl. Um, anyway, it's a very interesting uh, perspective. He called out Don Lennon, a lemon. I don't even know. What's his last name? Don Lemon. Okay. Called his ass out, which was very interesting. And he, Donnie actually responded and was like, you know, you're one of my favorite people, so I actually like to hear your voice. And also, you know, if you go back and watch that interview on CNN, it seemed like he was stalling time and it was just he was just trying to think of topics to talk about well, and he started calling out people. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna say that that, that Don Lemon was wrong in calling people out. And I understand David Chappelle's point of view, mm-hmm. right? Like that that the streets have it. Um, but I don't, I don't think Don Lemon was, was absolutely wrong. Because, uh, again, one of the things that I, I, I'm screaming for and I will continually scream for until we get it mm-hmm. is a super pack yeah. of, of black, you know, super rich people, you know, 100 mm-hmm. millionaires and billionaires. There should be a black super pack. There should mm-hmm. be a super pack that is protesting mass incarceration. There should be a super – we're 5% of the world population. We have tw- over 20% of the world's incarcerated people. Black people are disproportionate in that number. This fucks with your economy, America. Absolutely. Like, like this, this idea that that look, there's some people that deserve to be in jail. I saw, I saw an article of some some guy stabbed this old lady in the chest. Opposite race, he had been arrested 67 times. Okay, all right, that's not a good guy. Clearly, all right, that's, that is that is not. You get arrested person. 67 times. Yeah, so you know, you, you, that's <laughs> not the argument. Nigga. But the argument is for. The, the, the guy that, that got caught with six. All right. So before we get up out of here, I want everybody, if you got a business, all the entrepreneurs out there, let's say it like that. Um, I need you all to download, look into Hootsuite. Hootsuite been around for, I don't know, maybe about 15 years, something like that. I'm guessing because I remember it like back in the day. And it helps you do all of your publishing um for your sites, for your social media networks. It helps you with all of your scheduling and publishing. So personally, I use it for Instagram. I use it for Facebook. Um, I have used it for Twitter, but I, I kind of like to be direct and ignorant with my tweets on the spot and not plan them out. But it's super dope. You like go in, you connect your social media accounts. I think they actually just signed up with LinkedIn. And it's a good way if you definitely need to be active on social media, but you don't have the time, the energy, or your mindset of going there and doing it. Some of us... Not me, but some some people out there, they don't really like to be all up in social media, but they need it. Right. So check them out. Um, It's super cool. I will say this, though. Do not depend on Hootsuite. One, you need to make sure your stuff goes live and it do um, have different versions to make sure that you can get it pushed to your phone so you can make sure it goes live or it can automatically do it for you. But it's always a good rule of thumb to always stay um, active and making sure that you know, you're engaging with your followers and that you're responding to comments so that your account stay in good standing. Um, this thing, Hootsuite is definitely free, but it's also, you know, it's just cool to check it out. So anyway, let me know how y'all think and we're gonna holler at y'all next time. Need too much money, loyalty, and love in the dream we trust. You'll be switching up the players on your team too much. Tiny copy, that's my low, yo, Supreme, what's up? And we travel around the world getting cream or what? Ain't you get off on whoever hustles seem to rush? Las Vegas strip pop, yeah, you creamed them punks. After all that looking tough, all he seen was stumps. 50 Cent and Mayweather flee the scene with us. Chose stars. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I been grinding all my life. Look.